Yes, good morning all. Monday, February 27, the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. And we're at Clubman Angle this morning as the Sky Racing Carnival of Miracles reaches its climax Saturday night with the Miracle Mile here at Menangle. They had the draw yesterday and, uh, well... The horse that had been favourite for quite some time, Captain Ravishing, drew second from the outside, so is no longer the favourite. Uh, the Hunter Cup winner, which won a qualifier here on Saturday night, Honolulu Bay, uh, drew four and is now the favourite for the Miracle Mile on a Saturday night. We'll speak to some participants throughout the morning, but we're waking up to some great uh, Aussie news overseas. Our cricketers, T20 World Cup number six for our women. They've beaten South Africa by 19 runs overnight. And Ange Postacoglu, only a matter of a couple of hours ago, has helped Celtic to another trophy over in Scotland. They've won the Scottish League Cup final 2-1 against their great rivals Rangers at Hampden Park. And, uh, well, we survived the big sports breakfast lunch on Friday. And Loz has survived the weekend back home in June. How are you, Loza? A little bit tired, boys. <laughs> uh, the throat's a little bit sore. Uh, didn't get a lot of sleep, but geez, I had a wonderful weekend. Congratulations to everyone involved uh, there in Juni on the weekend. And I want to give a big shout out to a bloke by the name of Kenny Beisel, who put Pie in the Sky together. Uh, he was a coordinator. Uh, he was able to get a lot of ex-NRL players down there for the weekend. Uh, we certainly had a great weekend. It was a terrific game of football. It was great to see a lot of people there supporting the game uh, and supporting the town and supporting the club. Uh, it was a fantastic weekend. Everyone really enjoyed it. It was hot conditions. And these players, or ex-players, that gave up their time uh, when you know, they could have been doing other things. They mm. could have been doing other things with their time, spending it with their family. Uh, for the greater game, uh, good of the game, they, they came down to Juneau. They put on a good performance. They raised a bit of money for the club. And the club are, are doing some really good things this year. So I just wanted to give everyone a bit of a, a wrap for the weekend. Great stuff. Great to see you know a lot of people getting together to save a country footy club. We've lost too many, haven't we, in uh, recent times? And uh, they didn't have a team, did they, last year in Group 9 June E? No, they didn't. Famous Th- club in that area. Very famous club. It's actually 100 years of Group 9 Rugby League. They're celebrating in April this year. Um, so it's a big year for the Riverina and Group 9 uh, in particular. Um, and, you know, there's uh, a club like Brothers they're very concerned about as well. You know, over the years we've lost teams like Cootamunda and Harden. So hopefully, um, you know, when Brothers aren't lost to us, we can get there and support those teams. But there's certainly, you know, a lot of work that still needs to be done. Um, but it was a great effort from everyone involved. And I just really want to thank them from the bottom of my heart because, you know, without their support, you just don't get a, a game like that, an opportunity to raise money and help a footy club that's been struggling get back up on its feet again. Awesome. We'll, uh, at some stage through the morning, ask you about the match as well. And you can give us uh, a few names who might have put their, well, you know, hope that they still had it. Maybe they did. I don't know. You can tell us all about that, though, a bit later. How are you, Pop? Morning, morning, boys. Morning, morning, morning. Happy Monday. Nice to be back out here. How Mangle. was your trip out this morning? Uh, it's a little longer than you'd hope at sort of 4 a.m., mm. uh, just over an hour, but no cars on the road. Well, it worked out well for me, though, and I, because mm. we... Come like, uh, well, you we, we, Well, I, I came yesterday afternoon because I was oh, in June so coming Perfect. back from June so it worked out well Saved for me. you probably an hour and a half. And my great mate over here, he had a wedding down at the South Coast, so yeah, he was able to drop in. You did Instagram, had your number ones yeah. on, didn't you? So it worked out day. well for so me. So did you two misbehave last night? Well, we, we, 
were pretty sore and sorry as we got to mm-hmm. our destination here at Campbelltown yesterday. So mm-hmm. we, Loz and I just went across to the Catholic club and drowned our sorrows. But then we backed yeah, a couple of wins. <laughs> we, we just kept packing winner after winner. Hard to leave when you're winning. Well, it was one of those days where, again, I, I couldn't back a winner when I was selecting. But Mido was just going, yep, we'll... Yeah. Yeah, throwing darts. Throwing darts. And, and it worked. He was just on fire, the big fella. Play on. So I followed him, followed him in and away we went. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, a good little afternoon. Sunday session. debrief from Friday. Yeah. Went through the weekend. Yeah. Good day Friday, wasn't it? Oh, outstanding. Yeah. Friday was good, actually. Yeah, great turnout. That room's awesome. Good spot. How many, actually, how many people did we have? Because not, not 455. Sure. Yeah. About five, yeah. I think. Perfect mm. size room. Mm. Even like sometimes when you you know you're on stage talking, yep. you sort of shut one side of the room out because of the shape of it. On there, you just you could you felt like you could still see everyone and speak to everyone. Yeah. Good crew. That was good crew. Everyone I, I, I good love listening to Arnie. I love listening yeah, to Arnie Blocker was awesome. and Arnie and was Spud. Awesome. Um, they're all fighting stories. <laughs> <laughs> Spud did well. Spud did well to get a word in with Block. He had to stop. Yeah, Block, let me talk. Let me talk. <laughs> it was. Oh, yeah, you, you, did a, you did a Q&A, you asked one yeah, question I know, I didn't for have half to, an hour. Well, I didn't have to prep. Did you notice I got up there and didn't, didn't have any notes? I didn't have one to prep. One question, so that, that was, was good. It. But oh, one thing I do yeah. love about that lunch, it's old school. It's an Big old school type lunch, and we should never lose those old no, school type lunches. Oh, yeah, what about you two? Oh, no, no one's filming. You can say what you want. As I put my head up, there's a massive camera staring me in the eye. I go, yeah, okay. Rightio, no one's That's filming. Eternal. That's yeah, internal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this will go nowhere. Oh, my Only God. if it has to be used. Oh, but thanks to everyone who came. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was a great afternoon. Great vibes. And uh, it was funny when, uh, obviously, Spud and... Uh, blocker up there with you, Loz. Even Josh, Josh, I was sitting next to Joshy yeah. Reynolds. Even yeah. he was like, oh, imagine if I played in that uh, day. Uh, <laughs> well, blocker was quite subdued because he had his son Liam there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. But I remember, like, uh, in all honesty, different, yeah, different eras. Yeah, of course. Whatever. But you could get away with what they were doing back then. And yeah. I remember that tour, uh, 1990. It was such an amazing time where you go away with, yeah, 24. Rugby league players, you all come home, great mates from being away for so long. And you share those stories. And it feels like yesterday. Every, when Blocker and Spud were talking about it, I, I could pick up things from that day. And, and I haven't got a great memory, but it's amazing when someone starts to talk about it. You go, that's right, that happened, this happened, that happened. Um, so, but it was great. I could just sit there and listen to those guys talk about oh. those tour stories all day. We all could. Most of us could anyway. Loved it. Um, now, Pup, yeah, as I mentioned at the top, our women's cricketers, just stars as we know, yeah, dominant. So fire. a 19-run win in the final. You know, it was a packed house at Newlands as well, which was great to see. Uh, six for 156. Beth Mooney, player of the match, she had 74 not out of 53 deliveries at the top of the order and uh, just uh, just controlled South Africa during their chase pretty much the whole way. They finished six for 137 uh, the South Africans. So another title for our women. Ash Gardner was a judge player of the tournament. And uh, what more can this team possibly achieve? Keep winning. That's all they can do. They're, uh, yeah, they've been certainly the team of the tournament. They had a, well, a close game in the semi-final against India. But again, you look at their, the way they played through the entire World Cup. They never look like losing. Um, in control. The experience in the team. And again, Meg Lenning captaincy brilliant um yeah you, I, I, look you never get sick of a team winning um but the girls have been on fire for a long time so 
I don't think there'd be too many people surprised that they've uh, gone on and won this World Cup, but that shows how good a team you are when, you, when you're expected to, to dominate like they have done. With, with the men's cricket, you know, yep. there's two guys that have generally regarded as being the best, Bradman and Warney. Yep. With the women's cricket, because there's so many high-profile girls these days, who's generally regarded... Belinda Clark. Belinda Clark. Belinda yeah. Clark. Yeah. Right. I think she's she's been, a, so far, she's been Australia's standout player. Yeah. But again, oh, mate, Meg Lenning, her record is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, her leadership has been outstanding. So I think that's why Belinda's probably so well respected, because it wasn't just the way she played, but it was the way, what she was like as a leader. As right. her, yeah. And in that era as so well. So they're not forgetting about oh, Belinda, no, because no, no all way. these other girls Complete seem opposite. to have a lot more of a profile. I, I actually feel like the girls do that really well. They respect the players that have come before them. They know now they're just in the process of being able to get women's cricket to uh, a place where it should be. Um, but I think they, they, they do pay thanks they a lot their achievements, yeah. to, to a lot of the past players, but Belinda being probably the best Australian player that we've had. So far. Yeah. So far. See, we've got a great week, don't we? We've got, obviously, the third test, which we will be watching so intriguing. And uh, Thursday night, we're on. Round one. Three sleeps. Here we go. I'm Uh, ready for footy. Yeah, I think I'm ready for footy. I think the India staff, again, like, I think I'm still emotionally attached enough to say I I, I want to see Australia win every game we play. But the, the, the series against India, I think, is, like, a lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't care too much about it. They'd see the results they wouldn't watch. I think every enough people are interested in what's happening over there to work out, okay, well, we now know Pat Cummins is not going back, mm. for the, certainly for the third test. Um, and, again, thoughts are with, with him and oh, his, his family and his mum. And, you know, to be honest, I, I, personally, I think he's he's doing the right thing. I think family always comes before your sport, even at the highest level. So, you know, I can understand... Um, you know, where he's at, what he's thinking, and, and I do think he's made the right decision for him and his family. And like I say, I just hope everything's okay there. Um, but, yeah, who, who, how's Steve Smith going to go as captain? What's our 11 going to be? Are we going to improve from what we've seen in the first two test matches? There's so many question marks. So I love the fact that there is so much interest in that series, but I think everyone's ready for footy season. No doubt about it. Parramatta, Melbourne, and, uh, gee, I... <laughs> As far as betting on that game is concerned, Parramatta have got a lot of players uh, in doubt. So uh, Melbourne's round one record. I mean, it's yeah. going to be hard. To, you know, last week I was edging towards Parramatta. Now I've got absolutely no idea. I think you've just got to wait and see what the teams, when they're announced tomorrow afternoon, uh, who's playing, who's in, who's out. Mm. Uh, I've always said, and I think I said it a number of times last week, and I'm probably repeating myself uh, numerous times, you've got to be careful early in the year because it's just so many things can go wrong and you've got to watch your team for the first couple of weeks to get a greater understanding and a, and a, and a better look at how they're going to go for the season ahead. Um, there's always upsets early in the year. Players are coming back from a long break. They could have a little bit of ring rust. Um, holding possession is certainly the key early in the season. If you're playing in stifly conditions... Um, so this game on Thursday night, it, it will be a cracker because Parramatta will want to convince everyone and show everyone that, hey, last year was no fluke. Mm. You know, we got to the grand final because we were the second best team in the comp. Melbourne are rebuilding somewhat. Uh, they go into it without Pappenhausen, who will be an enormous loss for them. Brendan Smith uh, is no longer there. 
what can Munster do this season for Melbourne? They go in without their experienced forwards. They've got a younger forward pack this year. So I, I think there's a lot to like about the NRL competition this year. Uh, for me, I still think the Roosters are the team to beat, not Penrith. Penrith are a very good squad. It's going to be difficult to go three in a row. But the Sharks, South Sydney, these type of teams, I reckon they could challenge. They're Cowboys. I think it's a lot more open yeah. than what it was last year. I think you're right, Loz. If you're just tuning in, we're a clubman angle this morning. Miracle Mile here Saturday night. Clark is delighted. He's absolutely inhaling. Boys. Inhaling a I, bacon and egg roll that's just ended up in front of his face. You know that hung, hangover feeling? <laughs> no, I'm well. not hung, but I feel like I am. I'm that tired. So give me this bacon and egg roll. It's looks so a nice good. bacon and egg roll, too. Hey, colour back in your face. Yeah, How come you're the only one with a bacon and egg roll and Mido and I haven't got one? Well, you two have got to talk. This <laughs> is my time to eat. And on that, back page of the Daily Telegraph today. So uh, Buzz will have more details on his story when he comes on just after 7 o'clock. But uh, 13370000 How the Roosters are worth nearly $2 million over the salary cap wow. and why they're not cheating is uh, the headline on the back page. And uh, he, he, along with colleague at the... At News Corp, Brent Bree have uh, done their own perceived, or well, the values that they perceive players oh, are worth. And uh, again, just highlighting the fact that a club like the Roosters is one of those clubs that players will probably go to for unders laws, I guess, uh, just because they want to be probably mm. in, the, in the heart of Bondi. <laughs> no, it's just the, the, obviously the, the Do you culture. Think any other, you Do you think any other club has that attraction? <sighs> Can assemble a roster like that because they just want to play? With that team? With the, with the footy program? Because oh. when you look at it at the moment... No. Possibly not. No. Yep. I think they're the leading club for mm. that, aren't they? You know, you look at what mm. Penrith have been able to do and win they, competitions, but they're starting to lose players. The Roosters very rarely lose them. And they taste some calculated gambles. Like Matt Lodge, who's been, you know, obviously had, had his history. And, mm. you know, there was some discussion at Brisbane whether. he... You know, he was even keeping up with the game. He's gone to the Roosters and been tremendously valuable for them. Yeah. How, how does this is the thing I've always questioned? I, I know it's different for cricket, but this this whole salary cap thing. So, can players still be paid outside of? Okay, here's your salary cap. We yes, pay you. Can. you. Okay, but, but they've got so to be an that, arm's length from the that, club. Isn't that the truth as to why the Roosters keep their players? Because they Third might parties, be able to go. Yeah. He's a car sponsor. He's a you know, he's instead of paying seven hundred grand for your property, yeah. we, well, you know, we know a property well developer connected. and you get it for yeah, five hundred grand. They are very well connected. So to me, so. I, don't get me wrong, Bondi is a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Yeah. But if someone says I'm paying you five hundred grand, yeah. to me as the athlete, I don't. I want a million dollars. That's what I'm worth, right? If you say he's five hundred grand in the salary cap, but you go and get me another five hundred somewhere else, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care if it comes from a shoe company, a car company. Uh, Mount Franklin Water, mobile phone. I don't care where it comes from. I just care about my number, what I think I'm worth. Yeah. So if the Roosters can do that, how good are they? Yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons why other clubs struggle, because they don't have access to those third-party sponsors. Yep. Uh, but the Roosters, they, they do it well. Uh, interesting here with Buzz's valuations, just looking through you know, players and in particular the fullbacks from each club, Latrell Mitchell, James Tedesco. So I think James Tedesco is still the best fullback yep. in the game. Yep. But the notional value on Latrell is a lot more than what he's got for James Tedesco. What's he got for Tedesco? So he's got 1.2 for Tedesco and 1.4 for Latrell. 
Dylan Edwards, 700,000. Dylan Edwards, 700. I reckon he's worth more than that. Pappenhausen, 700. Interesting. I think he'd be worth more than that. Is that what Buzz is saying? Yeah, this is what they they think they're worth. Yes, what they're worth. That's that's interesting. Why would he... But maybe they're saying, okay, marketability out. Like, are you looking at well, the whole team as well? Well, marketability, you're probably Latrell's worth more than Latrell probably Jake, as an individual. Yeah, he probably bring, like as a package. package he yeah. probably brings you know to be able to yeah. sell a team. But he's also yeah. no disrespect. The Roosters team's got more superstars than the South team. Yeah. So Tedesco selling a package of the Roosters, you could sell seven Roosters players. South Sydney, you can maybe sell three. Yeah. Latrell is the one big fish in that team as yeah. a selling, selling package. Point, yeah. so if and you market it, your team around. Yeah. So he's worth probably a lot more mm. away from the field, Luttrell. Yeah, it's, it's no different. Like, if you go back to the Australian team that I walk into, if you put uh, Gilchrist, Ponting, Hayden, McGrath, Warren, any of those players, they like there's five absolute or six absolute superstars in the team, right? If you went now in this Australian team and put a Shane Warne, or a Glenn McGrath, mate, it'd be, it's like no yeah. comparison. Yeah. You know, if it went on money, this, the current team marketing-wise would be the bet highest paid player, say he gets $3 million, Warnie would get 10 Yeah. You know, but in that team he was in with so many legends, yeah, Warnie stood out, but it wasn't like yeah. it would if Warnie was in the Australian team now own. because of everything he yeah. brought. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Back page of the Sydney Morning Herald and Adam Penkilly has co-written this story. Tampering deadline, final hurdle in deal being done. So apparently they're getting close at long last to having this deal done for the collective bargaining agreement. And something that's a sticking point, and we were talking about it a bit last week, weren't we, is that, uh, well, the NRL would like... Uh, to push back the date that a player can sign with a new club from, as we know, it's November 1 now. They can negotiate to, ahead of the final year of their deal and to push that back to June 30. And uh, I know the players won't like this, but I think as fans, a lot of us would much rather see this situation. Yeah, I think sometimes you've got to listen to the fans. You know, you, you, you can't always please everyone, mm. but I think this is sort of an, a no-brainer. This is what people want to see. They hate seeing you know, players moving and changing different clubs. They understand why at times, uh, but they certainly uh, can't grasp it. So I, I think this will be easier to understand and easier to explain. And I think this is the path we're going down. Give us a call, 133353. Send us a text, 0419767272. Heroes and Villains this Monday morning. $100 gift card to give away a case of the Saints and Sinner. Alcoholic kombucha here at Club Menangle this morning, ahead of the Miracle Mile on Saturday night. All right, a hero and villain. Pupster, have you got one? Uh, hero, no-brainer, the girls. Aussie women's cricket team, outstanding, undefeated through the World Cup. Uh, performances from the entire squad. Uh, captain very well once again from Meg Lanning. But yeah, that team continues just to dominate uh, all around the world and... Uh, we praise them regularly on here, but I still don't think they get enough praise for what they've done over a long period of time. They are by far my heroes. Uh, and my villains, you two for taking the piss out of me on stage and radio, are my villains for the weekend. Yeah, Couldn't enough. help yourselves, could you? Oh, th- Big team talk before we were on stage. Said radio, let's just, you know, just keep it clean, just keep it easy in both of you. Bang, bang. I got it from both sides. <laughs> No worries. Thanks for having me. Get me off this stage. <laughs> well, Table 12 enjoyed it. Table 12 oh, yeah, had a good time. I bet they did. I think everybody enjoyed it except me. <laughs>
<laughs> no worries. Shout yeah, out to everyone you from Table 12. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny because I, I did look down just as I went to go up. I'm like, okay, I need a couple of cheap targets. Oh, yeah, bang. <laughs> bang. And I looked at Reynolds and Clark and Mate. thought, that'll do. That'll oh get me through the first two minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it was yeah. a great day, though. No, when, it was uh, fun. It was fun. And uh, thanks to everyone again for coming. And uh, I see Michelle at Dubbo uh, on the text line. Morning, guys. I'm jealous. Two right. Sounds like a cracking good time Friday. Fingers crossed it'll be on le- next year. See you then. Uh, now, all right. Laws, your hero and villain. Uh, villains. Not many villains, so I'm going to have to put myself in here for the multi. But I'm not going to say me. I'm going to say in secret. Yeah, let me down. Blame she the let horse. me down in the yeah. surround stakes. I'm going to blame the horse. Because you had Don Corleone. So Don Corleone in the blue diamond to run top four. That's and he ran second. second. Yeah. So that's my villain. Uh, my hero is everyone to do with getting the Pie in the Sky game up in Juni on the weekend. The Juni Rugby League Club, a guy by the name of Kenny Beisel, who was instrumental in organising it, and to the people that turned up, but also to the ex-NRL players who gave up their time and weekend to go down to Juni and put the shirt on once again, play in that game to raise some money for a club that's been struggling. And I think it was a terrific weekend. Everyone enjoyed it. And I just want to give everyone there a wrap. Great stuff. Uh, I'm going to go with NMO. Uh, what a win that was on Saturday. And the tab chipping Norton Stakes, eight group ones. My villains, the Queensland Reds, started the Super Rugby season with a 47-13 to 13 home loss in Townsville. They took a home game uh, to North Queensland. And that is a thumping to start the season. Not good. Uh, the other results involving the Aussie teams, we mentioned the Friday night game, the Waratahs lost to the Brumbies, 31-25. to The Force beat the Rebels, 34-27, uh, to start the season there in Super Rugby Pacific. Uh, but give us a call, 13-53-53. Uh, laws are actually in the Waratahs game. Max Jorgensen, a double on debut, 18 years of age. He's a good young player, Max. Oh, uh, we've been speaking about him for, feels like, quite a while. Um, everyone was anticipating his debut. He was very good in the trials and got an opportunity, two tries. And uh, the first try he scored when he ran through, I think it was Valentini and Alan Alatoa uh, to score a try. was very special for an 18-year-old kid. Uh, unfortunately, though, for the Waratahs, uh, they didn't win that game and they look like they've lost Angus Bell, front rower, for the season. Yeah, so he's re-injured play. that foot. Not good for the Wallabies either. Uh, he was playing some really good rugby too, Angus. Uh, now... On comebacks, Loz, you would have seen, well, Cara from Forestville, who we got the text the other day, he was uh, about yeah, to make his comeback. He's going to give it to the young fellas. Uh, morning, boys. My comeback game was a raging success, largely stuck to running decoys early on, but I managed to open up, uh, the, open them up through the middle with a little show and go about 20 minutes in. Geez, I'm sore today, Lozzy. You were right. I feel like I've been hit by a bus. Big week of recovery. So, you know, the legends. He was at the luncheon. Who were some of the standouts, Loz, or some of the people that, you know, made an impact? Some well, I want to give one guy in particular a rap. By the name of Ash Gilbert. Oh. So Ash is 60. Mm. He pulled the boots on, and he came up with a tremendous shot. And I actually filmed it. I got it on film. So I, I, I gave it to Ash. And his great mate's Craig Bellamy. So I sent it to Bellyache. I said, mate, Ash has just played a game. Blah, blah, blah. And Bellyache texts me back. And I'll read this quote from the great man, one of the all-time great coaches. He goes, G'day, mate. Great to hear from you. How's it going? That's a fair hit from Ash. 
I wish he tackled like that when I played with him. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that competitive juice, it's always there, isn't it? Oh, well, it was amazing because we're all laughing and joking. Yeah. And then we go into the change sheds to get ready, you know, half an hour before the, the game. And it just reminded you of being back in a, in a real shit because the boys, they went a bit quiet. <laughs> How much dank rub was getting oh, yeah, thrown yeah, yeah. around. And then five minutes to go, they sort of, there was no talk at all. You could see they were a little bit nervous. nervous. A little bit nervous. And then they ran out. Because in a game like that, you just don't know how the opposition are going to, to play. So it's basically a suck it and see. <laughs> you just got to see how aggressive one team is. And it was played in the right spirit. Uh, Juno look like they're going to have a really good year. They've got some good young kids. Um, but the guys after the game, we had a couple of Hemis. We had a couple of Achilles. We had guys that were just limping. Oh. Adam Perry, um, former Juno boy, Bulldogs Premiership winner. Yeah. Uh, he did his Hemi out of dummy <laughs> half. Uh, ben Rorty, uh, he, he came off with, a, I think it was a thigh injury. Um <laughs> Troy Stone had a groin. Mate, they, they, anyway, they, they kept continuing on. They kept playing. 40, 50, 60 years of oh. age. What are you thinking? But it's amazing, mate. Good this, this is what happens. So they all get there. They're all a bit nervous, but they just get back into it and they attack it full yeah. on. It was muscle a, memory. Muscle memory. They just Can't couldn't help, help themselves. Competitive spirit never yep. dies, right? Yep. Nah. Like, so Ash, for instance, he zeroed in on a shot. <laughs> And he hit him under the ribs, and it was like, wow, that's a good shot for a 60-year-old bloke running around against A-graders. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, it was, was thinking that this morning. Oh, yeah, he'd be sore as anything. Oh, imagine... It just occurred to me. How hot was it? Yeah, it was hot. Hot. But you know what the locals say? Ah, it's been warmer. It's been warmer, hotter than this. <laughs> it, there's no breeze. There was no breeze there. So it was 33. And they're right. There could have been closer to 40. Yeah. So we, we did jag it on a good day. But because there's no breeze. 40 degrees, 60 years of age playing footy. Ouch. He's, done well to, he's doing well to get out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> Great performance. Yeah. Trent, good morning. Those boys are lunatics. Long just quality. They have got zero respect for their bodies. Uh, I'll tell you what, Trent. After seeing it again on the weekend, it's amazing yep. how... And you would have it you know, when you get and play soccer in those old boys games. But they just, I don't know, something clicks with ex-sportsmen. They feel like yep. they've got it like they were when they were 20, and they just hook in. Yeah, unfortunately for me, they, there is some footage on YouTube where I made a save in a grand final. It took me five minutes to get up. So that's <laughs> not, it's not ideal. Let me give you the tip. But, um, nah, look, mate, that's, um, that's why I hung them up, mate. So 44, I think that's enough, mate. So I was sick of waking up on a Saturday morning where I couldn't even walk. So yeah, I can only imagine they, um, what they're feeling like today. Oh, mate, they'd be sore as. But um, grand final week, boys, for me. Uh, Miracle Mile week. So looking forward to Saturday night. Um, What'd you make of the draw? Interesting, mate. Oh, look, I, I actually think Spirit of St. Louis is an absolute special. Okay, $4.50. After the draw. Yeah, after the draw. Yeah, after, no, he'll, he'll go oh, into he'll one. Oh, he'll jump on the pole, yeah, because yeah. the emergency. He'll go into yep. one. Yeah, look, yeah. Um, I wouldn't discount Captain Ravishing either, um, even though he's drawn wide. I think he'd be better with a sit because in, in the chariots, he pulled his guts out. Mm. So he pulled his guts out in the preliminary and he's pulled his guts out in the race. And that's why he's run second. Look, it sets up for Spirit of St. Louis. He ran no time last week, which is perfect. He's gone 152, which is a canter for these horses now. I think he just comes into the race perfectly. Um, you know, I think 
you can scratch Brayview Kelly. I think he can't win. Hurricane Harley, yeah, it's in it. I think one of Emma Stewart's will, you know, that's going to be the interesting play, what Emma Stewart's horses do. She's got four in the race. Yeah, four, yeah. So, you know, that's going to be the interesting play because the only one, two have drawn a gate and two haven't drawn overly well. And the one she wanted to draw well didn't in Captain Ravishing. So he's the best horse in Australasia at the moment, I think, Captain Ravishing. But he's going to need, they're going to have to go hammer and tongue in front, which I don't think they will. If Spiritus and Lucius can hold the no one's going to take him on. The only one that might take him on is Luke McCarthy, which is because he's got to get somewhere near the front as well. Yeah. So I think they'll be they'll be sub twenty six first quarter, but yeah, I just think that with the draw series spirit of St. Louis for me, but yeah. Hey, okay. I hope it comes out to about sixes or sevens. So yeah, well, let's see how the week pans out. Well, we're gonna to speak to Luke McCarthy later this morning. What about your heroes and villains from the weekend, Trent? All right, mate, heroes gotta be J Mac. I mean the blokes the blokes running on some special sauce at the minute, like four on on four on Friday. His ride on Animo was a peach. I don't know how many he got on Saturday. I think he rode a treble at Canterbury on Saturday. Um, yeah, he's just in some career form at the minute. So, J-Max, the hero. And I hate to do it to you, Loz, but I was struggling to find a villain. I'm just going to throw you in because your multi didn't get up. That's the only yes. one I've got. <laughs> no, that, well, I was struggling too. There wasn't many villains around this weekend. But don't no, blame me. Mate. Just blame the horse, mate. Blame me in secret. Yeah. Oh, no, I'll just blame the jock as well. He's going to blame the team as well on board, mate. So, no, nah, but that's it. That's all I could come up with. So, sorry, lost your it. So, Good stuff. Um, there might be a few boys. All right, boys, enjoy your day out there. Good on you, Trent. Chat to you Cheers, Trent. G'day, John. How are you? John, sorry, how you we going? got you there. Good, thanks, John. Yeah, how mate. are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Uh, just quickly before I give you heroes and villains, Buzz Rothfield's on this morning, isn't he? Yes. yes. Later on? Yeah. Can you boys... He had a hashtag going last week, bring back Justin Langer as Australian coach. Yep. Can you guys tell him to stick the footy, fellas? <laughs> Justin Langer's had two cracks at India at home and lost both times, boys. <laughs> it, oh, I just yeah, I just think this whole coaching thing with Australia is ridiculous at the moment. Let's put it that way. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what the fallout is from this tour, John, because mm. I suppose if they get beaten in the next two test matches and get beating, uh, beaten convincingly, uh, you know, there will be some talk, no doubt about it, around the coach and I, the perceived perception that what happened to um, Justin Langer. I'm expecting a very good performance from Australia in this third test. Let's just, let's just put it that way. Heroes and villains, so. if I might. Go for uh, it. Mate, the, the women's, women's sport in general and our cricket team, boys, it's... it's Amazing the last few years, the the way women's sport has just come to the fore, hasn't, hasn't it? I, mean, I, I got up last night and watched that final. I can't wait for the Women's World Cup later this year with the football. That, that's going to be amazing as well. They're just, just tremendous. Great. They are so raw in the way they perform, and it's just it's fantastic to watch. Uh, villains, here we go. West Tigers. Now, I don't know if you've read... Danny Widler's col- uh, column yesterday in the, in the Sun Herald. I did, yeah. Caught it, yeah. Mate, Lee Hanjapan tell us, I'm going to nickname him Elliot Ness because, mate, it, it, are him and Justin Pascoe untouchable from criticism? It seems anyone who criticises them, and, and the fellow from Western Suburbs Junior Rugby League who criticised uh, Justin Pascoe had every right to. He wanted to know why the board, namely Hans Pantelis and, and Pascoe, 
we're not being held a little bit more accountable for the way the club has gone the last few years. And Hadjaban Tellis has got him before a tribunal and is asking that he be resigned as chairman and not be allowed to have a membership of the club anymore. I mean, it's ridiculous. Every time you pick up the paper, every couple of weeks the guy's involved in some kind of legal action. I know he's a solicitor, but I think it's just uh, going a little bit too far with this. Yeah, I saw the story, and you know, we'll ask Denny about it as well tomorrow uh, also, but uh, I know Tigers fans, pup, you're just looking for the W's mm. and L's, aren't you, at the moment? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, all I care about. A lot of people, definitely like yourself, John, I know that are pretty disgruntled what's been going on from behind the scenes for quite some period, but appreciate the call as always. Keep the noms coming through. Uh, just on the text line, Morty Boys, heroes and villains. Uh, hero, the Australian women's cricket team, winning the T20 World Cup villain, is the NRL salary cap for pushing local juniors away from their club. Uh, of course, it just updates on me. Away from their club due to having a base price tag after having played rep footy. Cheers. Uh, George sending that one through. Um, hello, boys. My villain has to be my wife beating me in bowling this weekend. My hero has to be the Brumbies and Ed Sheeran, uh, giving the best performances, best performance I've seen in Stadium Australia since the Storm's 2020 grand final win, says uh, Noodles, sending that one through. Hero, alligator blood. What a gutsy win. Uh, villain, the rocky road he had to travel to get back to number one. No name to that one. But, yeah, Alligator Plaid winning the Futurity down south there on the weekend. Joining us from Club Menangle, the Chief Executive, Bruce Christensen. Bruce, good morning to you. Good morning, boys. Thanks for having us out here once again. And uh, you can just sense the anticipation for Saturday night. Had the draw yesterday. Had, uh, what, the Harness Race and New South Wales Awards last night as well. That, that That's right. It was sort of... Uh, we. We decided to do the draw as part of that event. Um, hard to place that event now uh, with the change of racing season. Uh, we're now we're running a, um, a 31 December racing season, so a bit hard to place those awards. So we decided to combine those events together. And uh, not surprisingly, King of Swing uh, swept the pool with those awards. Um, and, of course, 12 months ago... Uh, was the first horse to win three Miracle Miles. So, uh, as I say, that wasn't surprising. Bruce, what goes into a day like this to, in preparation for you guys? When do you start thinking about, you know, what the day looks like and, and everything around, not just races, but everything else that goes on here? Yeah, it, well, it's, it's months out, really, mm-hmm. uh, where, where most of that prep around sort of what, what the day looks like, I suppose. I mean, uh, I was just sort of chatting with a couple of guys that are here about weather-wise, and, mm-hmm. and of course, that's a that's a massive thing, as we saw 12 months ago with the issues we encountered, and first time we'd had to actually postpone the race when we got we got most of the way through the program and then and then got sort of hit with uh, uh, an almighty storm mm-hmm. uh, two weeks ago. Um, weather again impacted us with the electrical storms, and we had to push the races back. So things like that, whilst obviously you can't control them, they're, they're things you do need to take into mm. account. And so, so we'll start to really focus on the, on the weather and what that looks like a bit later in the week when we're a bit more certain around what it's looking like. But in terms of the actual what's on, what's on with us, uh, in terms of, uh, in addition to the racing, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a couple of months out with that where you, you know, you're really sort of looking at what you're going to have on. Do we have a forecast for the weekend? Uh, it's, a, it's a bit iffy at the moment. Temperature-wise, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, I think we're sitting in sort of a, a 50 60% chance of rain. Uh, yeah. But as I, I think this far out, it's sort of spin the chocolate wheel and they come up with a forecast. So we'll start Don't to... listen to uh, Middows' well, weather forecast. Say, <laughs> Trust me. If he says rain, assume there's not going to be a cloud in the sky. Can't believe he didn't ask me. <laughs> well, it is completely different. 
Well, <laughs> looks like it. Hopefully, be completely different to what happened, uh, of course, last year. But the industry in the last twelve months has much changed, or is it? You know, any exciting new initiatives happening? Oh, I, I, I don't know so much has changed. I mean, there's been a, a real injection of prize money, uh, which is fantastic for the people in the sport, but also uh, we'd like to think to encourage. Uh, ownership in the sport as well so there's certainly been strong injections in prize money uh, so that's uh, that's probably the, the main change I, I would say that's that's happened that's been that's been happening over the last probably three or four years there certainly has been an injection of, of of money into into racing and and uh, across across the codes of racing and harness racing certainly has has uh, had its fair share of that too and, and so prize money has has really grown particularly at the grassroots level which is really important to bring people into the sport we mentioned King of Swings won the last three, and you're going to honour King of Swing even here at the club. That, that's right. Well, actually, the area that we're, we're in today, um, so which um, is, has been the MacArthur Pavilion, um, which the MacArthur area that we're sort of so proud to be a part of, um, but we will actually rename this area to the King of Swing uh, Pavilion on um, on Saturday night. So we're hoping we're going to have the horse here, but uh, he's. Uh, He's uh, doing his other job at the moment. Um, uh, now it's a stallion, and um, so the, the, uh, they decided that might not be the best time to bring him, bring him out here. But we would love to get him out to the track uh, for people to sort of uh, pay their respects to him and the, and the, the job he did as a race as a racehorse. Um, so, but uh, yeah, so that the formalities around the naming of this area will, will happen um, as part of the the uh, action on Saturday night. The race itself and the buzz to come out of the draw yesterday. Uh, pretty dramatic draw wasn't it particularly with captain ravishing which had been favorite no longer yeah and, and i mean the draw as it often does changes changes perspective on mm. things um so uh what we have now seen is a really open really open race um so um that, that gate speed's going to be so so vital uh to see what happens when they get to the first the first turn and, and how it shapes up so um, but I mean, as the betting shows, it is now a really open race. Um, so I think you, you've got sort of, um, in addition with um, Honolulu Bay, but you've got sort of probably four, four I think chances around under the five dollar mark. So mm-hmm. so uh, it shows sort of what that barrier draw has done has done for the race. Have you got an early lean? Uh, I'm the I'm the last person that you should be asking. <laughs> um, I mean. Uh, I'd like to see catch a wave. To be honest, I, th- I think. I mean, I think the uh, obviously there's been a lot of talk about the four-year-olds and and with the focus uh, turning later in the year to the to the um, the Eureka um, and uh, and being with, um, well both catch a wave and Captain Ravishing uh, will be in that race uh, later in the year. So uh, for, for I suppose maybe that's a bit of a selfish yeah. take on it uh, to to see that that'll certainly help to promote that race further if, if both those horses um, have strong showings in in the Miracle Mile. Have you got a favourite Miracle Mile, Bruce? One that sticks out? Um, probably, maybe King of Swings first first win, win here. I mean, um, I suppose to see. Uh, a horse in my time that um, we hear so much about the legends of the sport, which which were before my time, and I suppose to see King of Swing now up in the same um, sort of mentioned in the same breath as those yeah. horses, and to have seen that first first of his wins was was probably pretty special to sort of be standing down trackside to watch that. And no doubt Saturday night, not only punters but families, plenty to entice them here to the track. Yeah, it's it's it, uh, families are a real sort of aim for you. 
particularly the area that we're in. We're in. We know we're in an area that's so fast, fast growing uh, for families. Um, so we certainly, whenever we put an event on, we really try to sort of make it uh, family friendly. So that certainly will be the case again, with, with a lot of live entertainment on and great, great sort of food offerings. And and there is still some limited hospitality available. So so in addition to it's free entry, of course. So I mean, from a family point of view, I mean, um, families are looking, especially in the current world, with uh, with interest rates the way they are um, uh, for for sort of cost-effective night out, well, it's free. So, so to come out here, free entry is fantastic. But there is still uh, limited hospitality available too. So if people want to jump on our website, they'll, they'll be able to sort of uh, uh, make bookings. And there's a range of sort of offerings there from a cost point of view as, as well with that. So, um, But, yeah, so uh, a lot to look forward to, that's for sure. Thanks for having us out here once again, Bruce. Oh, thanks, thanks for being out here, guys. I know yeah, I was listening to the various travellings. I know a couple, <laughs> couple of you uh, uh, um, sort of stayed, stayed last night, so that's, that certainly makes it easier. And uh, um, quite a few people will choose to do the same, no doubt, um, for Saturday night as well. Yeah, good stuff. I'm sure it'll be a great night. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Thanks, boys. Australia have beaten South Africa by 19 runs to win a sixth 2020 World Cup overnight. Beth Mooney, 74 not out off 53 deliveries, a judge player of the match. And Ash Gardner, named player of the tournament. Sensational performance from our girls. And uh, Ange Postacoglu, he's won another trophy there at Celtic. They've beaten their great rivals Rangers 2-1 in the Scottish League Cup final at Hampden Park. In the Premier League, Tottenham beat Chelsea 2-0. Gee, Graham Potter, he is... uh, I'll be shocked if he lasts to the end of the season. They're 14 points off the top four now. And uh, we'll break it down with Mossy later this morning. Also break down the uh, League Cup final in well, England because Manchester United have won their first trophies since 2017, beating Newcastle 2-0 in that League Cup final. So Newcastle United remain without a trophy uh, for 54 years. And one of their fans is text in, Morning boys, my first BSB lunch on Friday and thoroughly enjoyed it. Well done to all involved. Just watch my beloved Newcastle lost in the League Cup final, but I'm so proud of the effort. The scoreline wasn't a true reflection of the game. We'll be back. Cheers, the tune. Uh, sending that one through. Uh, keeping it coming. 0419767272. Give us a call. 13.53.53. Get the game you want. When you want this NRL season on KO, 120 NRL games exclusive to Fox League, available on KO, new to KO, start your free trial today. And, uh, well, the Dolphins lost. They've pinched a couple of Brisbane players, a couple of big signings over the weekend. Tom Flegler and Herbie Farmworth. The news came through on Friday as well. So they're both headed to the Dolphins next year, 2024. Flegler on a four-year deal. Uh, Farnworth, a three-year deal. So this is going to get pretty spicy uh, going forward, this rivalry, which is what you want for sure. But uh, Farnworth in particular, uh, uh, well, he wants to play fullback. So I'm guessing that's a big factor for him to go to the Dolphins to try and get that number one jersey. Oh, you would think that you know, Wayne Bennett has you know, spoken to him about that. But one thing that Wayne doesn't do is guarantee players positions. I think he's been on record of saying that in the past, but he'll get an opportunity to play there. Herbie Farmworth's one of the more improved players of the competition. Uh, he was excellent for England in the World Cup. He had a breakout season with the Broncos last year, and if he continues on the path that he's on at the moment, uh, then he's going to have a massive future. Uh, and they've picked up a, a great recruit. And with Flegler, um, there was a lot of clubs interested in him, namely the Roosters and Manly, and he's decided that he wanted to stay in Queensland. And the Dolphins, while they haven't recruited strongly, 
enough to play finals football this season. Their strategy has always been about building the club to make have a strong future. So, you know, they're starting to add some talent. They're starting to add some um, boys with plenty of NRL experience into their team to make them more than competitive in the years to come. And these two young players, Flegler and Farnworth, the Broncos didn't want to lose, uh, but they've been beaten to the punch. And this will just add to the rivalry between these two teams. And if you've got that city rivalry, you just know that you're going to get massive crowds and that hatred and tribalism that comes with that. We love Kevy, but I think this adds to pressure on him too if results don't go well this year. Oh, no doubt about it. You know, there was some talk last week about Kevy, um, you know, close to signing a two-year deal. They've just got to get the <laughs> money sorted, which is a big concern. Uh, but I think if Kevy's to stay at this point in time, they will need to play finals football, and I'm hoping they do. They, they've got a roster to play finals football, the Broncos. They showed us last year what they were capable of doing with six weeks out being in the top four, and then they faded poorly. But they've got some of the best young forwards. Their back line is exciting. Um, And again, you know, I I just think if they can get start the year positively, win their games that they're expected to win, I think they can play finals. But a lot will depend on Adam Reynolds and his body as well. We've got Sean. G'day, Sean. How are you? Yeah, there, guys. How are we? Yep, pretty good for a Monday, mate. What have you got for mate, us this morning? Mate, heroes. I've got, I've got two heroes. My first one is Aussie cricket, cricket team for sure. They're the best team we've seen for a long, long time in this country. And my other hero is Damien Rogers, a horse on a Friday night at Canterbury, Ruby Kisses. Ah, yes, right. That was Friday night at Canterbury. Yeah, yeah so good luck, good luck to her. She also tipped us at the lunch on Friday, Little Bros in the Blue Diamond. So uh, a triumph there as well for, for the people at the lunch. So, yeah, she's had a good one. She had a big weekend then, by the sounds of things. That's all good. Her shout. Mate, absolutely. Mate, and my villain, and you guys know this one, especially being, being, being punters, the stand down straight. Mate, that straight must start in Perth. It's that place. Yeah, it's long. long. <laughs> it is one of the longer ones. I got run down so many times I lost count on Saturday. I'll tell you what, but, mate. Oh, well, that's how it goes. Even Jamie Carr said, there's no markers to know where you are. Like, Flemington, you have the clock tower, and they have Valley, you got the school, and you know where you are. But apparently, stand there, there's no markers to know what, how far you are. So, I love it, though, Sean. A new scapegoat, the length of the straight. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You've got to find you a can't blame yourself. Find you can't blame yourself. You can't blame yourself. Yep, find any something. Reason, any reason, mate. It's all good. Any reason. <laughs> good stuff, mate. Thanks, guys. Uh, appreciate the call. Uh, keep them coming. Uh, hero can't beat Australian horse racing in general. Performances like Enemo uh, and our Aussie jockeys over in Chartina overnight. Villain, the NRL off-season once again is finally over after putting some of the game in jeopardy uh, again. And that comes from Riley from Port Macquarie. Uh, Morty Boys, great lunch again. The Queensland comedian started slow but went super in the end. Whoever, hero, whoever sorted the change of venue for the lunch. Uh, villain the writer of In Secret says Phil because uh, let's face it, In Secret was Loz's multi. Um, yeah, well, we needed it to win, didn't we, Loz? Yeah. And she's got done. Uh, yeah, the comedian was a classic. He was. I didn't even know Big he was a fella. comedian. No, well, I was shocked I sat, when, when I introduced him. Yeah, when I sat down, because yeah. I, I sat on uh, the other table, first of all. What happened with your well, Spud? Ta- Spud, your well, you you're up on you're up on stage, yeah. and Spud came and sat next to me, <laughs> which was your seat. Oh, okay. So then you had all your gear. Yeah. So I said, 
when you got off, I said, Spud, you sit here because that's Clarkie's seat, and I'll go to the other but table. Didn't but you on... start on that table? Yeah, I did. I started <laughs> on that table, then got moved, and then I got swapped back again. But I sat next to the comedian, and I just said, go, mate, Laurie, and he said, Rob, and yeah. I said, oh, righto. Yeah, I thought he was and a I just thought he was a punter. <laughs> I didn't, he, didn't say, he didn't say I was the comedian at all. Good on him for not giving it away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that might have been one of his and jokes. He this, and he had this Queensland <laughs> shirt on. Yeah. And I've just thought, oh, right. And I said, oh, mate, Queensland, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I like Oregon, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that was it. <laughs> Enormous pipes. Uh, they did, yeah. yeah. But he was good. He Rock was solid days, good. good Enormous what? Pipes. Oh. Arms. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. That's all you call them. Mm. I've heard you refer to your own <laughs> arms as pipes before. Weapons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not pipes. Uh, uh, also on the... Uh, was the text line here, I've just lost them, but we'll, uh, we'll go to Adam Pengilly coming up after the break and uh, keep the text coming. Here's the one. Morning, boys. My hero, Ruby Kiss, is a great one run. Uh, villain is the behind-the-gates multi. They bombed out again. Lucy from Summer Hill sending that one through. Uh, Can I ask, what, behind the gates, is that the Saturday morning one? Or yeah, is that that's... Uh, penal I one? think that's... Hurl, Who's involved Andrew in Hurley. That? I think that's the, the show that's on about 10 a.m. Saturday morning. Right. Uh, so after they've done all the previews, then they didn't get... catch that one. No, well, I didn't. I was busy on Saturday. <laughs> Just getting in? No, no, no. I was preparing for a oh, game, game of football. Day. Game day. Game day. Prep. Sunday, ten a.m. Yeah. Just getting yeah. in. But uh, yeah, no. So that's the the Saturday morning crew. Yeah. Oh, well done to Luke Marlow too. By the way, I think he hosted his first racing HQ, didn't he? On Saturday, he was poor Take Friday, Lukey. Didn't even have a drink. Well, to work. No, to, to so be what? fair, what about at the end one of the? He's replaced Hainsey. So on when the we radio. did the raffle, mate, th- this because you become a big fish doesn't mean you can't have a drink with us. Yeah, props. Yeah, that's a you good know call. he's got a little upgrade and like you. Well, both. yeah, but I can't come. I can't talk. I can't bag Marlow because I didn't have one either. I had to drive. Well, but Mar- I love Marlow. Marlow, I had a couple for you. <laughs> <laughs> Marlow, uh, he auctioned off a Brumb- signed mm. Brumbies jersey. Yeah. And uh, the blokes, when I went over to the table, don't know if it was table 12, 12 blokes, yeah. <laughs> but when I went over and, uh, you know, I just said, oh, look, thanks for doing that, fellas. The bloke who actually won it didn't know that He'd it won. was his mate next to him who just went, no, nah, we're just going to auction his prize off. Oh, so he didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. They've just gone, well, stuff him. Oh. He's not getting that. And they came up to me and said, can you auction this off? And Marlowe's come up and when done the When did he, Jerry, that the jersey that he thought he'd won was not his? <laughs> Oh, I, well, I think they just, just told him. Just told him. Yeah, yeah they just yeah. went, mate, that was your prize. No longer. <laughs> anyway, 1200 bucks. Yeah, Outstanding. Well. Good morning to you. Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. And I think if you're looking for a villain today on this Monday morning like you usually do, you need look no further than the Big Sports Breakfast Lunch Multi. Did you see that effort between myself, Mosley, and, and Mossy on, on, on Friday? Actually, I, I forgot about that. But please enlighten us. That was absolutely <laughs> disgraceful. <laughs> I've got to apologise to anyone at the last. I, um, I had Mirror Vision around top two, and she, she went like a bastard. Ali, Ali had Profondo. I think he ran last. He did run last. And what, oh, Mossy had the, what, the Newcastle Jets or something? Yeah, to beat Western United. They got beat themselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, beautiful duck egg. <laughs> I've got to apologise to anyone who took that. Expert, all of our experts on Big Sports Breakfast. <laughs> that has been one of the worst. Oh, sugar. Dear me. 
that scored like two points. Yeah, that was bad. It was bad. <laughs> we, we, we invest highly in our experts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to blame you, Luke. You were death riding every moment. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Very That's what true. I do. And Very I do a true. good job of that. <laughs> That's one of the only things I do well, is death riding oh people. Oh, it None was from so three. bad. It was oh, so, so bad. So bad. Can't wait for your tips today, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's made morning. <laughs> um, all right. Well, firstly, Adam, before we talk some racing out of the weekend, uh, what do you think the chances are that the players will bend to the NRL putting, well, the ability to sign back to what June thirty instead of November one? Yeah, it's a proposal the NRL wants to push forward, Jared, by sort of pushing back that date by eight months to June 30. And I think a lot of people would express some frustration with the current transfer system at the moment. Like, I don't know what you guys think, but we've seen, what are we seeing? Stephen Crichton, uh, Dom Young, Thomas Flegler, Herbie Farnworth, all these guys announced their futures for 2024 at a different club, and they're going to play out there in an entire season of their current club. Will the players bend? Um, I doubt it, if I'm being honest, Jared. I think they realise there's potential to change the, the model a little bit, but whether they're going to change it as much to go back to June 30, which is essentially, what is that, Laws? Round 17, round 18 in the middle of the yeah. season to, to sign for another club. So, listen, if I'm being honest, this is going to be a major talking point in the next couple of days over the CBA. I don't think they're going to get agreement as it stands at the moment. I guess, I think what you'll probably find is they'll... Both parties will agree to do some more work on this in the next few months. Uh, they'll get everything else agreed to in the CBA and try to come back with a solution in the next, I suppose, three to six months. Okay, let's talk some racing then. And uh, NMO, uh, the superlatives, where do we start? What a performance in the tab, Chipping Norton. Yeah, if that's one of the last times, Jared, we see him on a, on a racetrack in Australia, well, what a, what a pleasure and a treat that was there on the weekend. I think that was him at his absolute best. A fast run mile where he was able to sit back off the speed and just get in a stalking position midfield. And he just showed that blistering acceleration we know he's got. And he was far too good for that field. I know the margin was only a little, uh, I suppose, a length and a quarter in the end, but he could have won by two and a half, three lengths if he was fair Incan James McDonald in the last 100 metres or so. So I think if there was any doubt whatsoever, that's clearly uh, stamped him as the Australian racehorse of the year for the 2022-23 season. Can't wait to see him one or two more times in Sydney this autumn carnival before he heads across to the UK to take on Royal Ascot. And I, I did listen with uh, some great interest, Jared, to the comments by Bruce McAvaney on the coverage on Channel 7. He actually said that win puts him alongside So You Think in his opinion. I, I tend to agree with you a little bit, Jared. I think if he had that other Cox Plate on his resume, then no question. There's no doubt whatsoever. He won that Cox Plate as a three-year-old. But still right now, in my opinion, I know it's only pub chat, I've got So You Think just slightly ahead of him at the moment. I agree. You agree? Um, oh, jeez. Oh, no, it's tough. Yeah, tough. Tough one. But anyway, what did you make of a sunshine in Paris uh, on the weekend, Adam, in the surround stakes? Because Annabelle, she thought that uh, she's a good filly and she was disappointed uh, she didn't win the previous start. Loz, I still can't believe she won on the weekend. Like, I've watched that replay four or five times. And it's almost like an addition of Where's Wally? Just this horse that you can't even see anywhere in the pack band just pokes his nose out at the end and, and gets the bob. Like, she was... It was just an amazing finish, wasn't it? I know you were disappointed with him secret, not being able to, to get the bob in there. But uh, full credit to Annabelle Neesham. She's taken this filly uh, a long way in a very short space of time. She only won a Canberra Maiden probably four or five months ago now. And now she's a Group 1 winner in the surround stakes. I thought Ruthless Name looked the winner in the last 15 metres coming up from Victoria, and she was desperately unlucky to be out-bobbed in the finish there. In Secret was good. She just probably got in the wrong part of the track in the end. Loz, that towards the inside was not really the go there at Ramick on the weekend. And Huey probably didn't think he had too many options at the top of the straight and angled back foot towards an inside run. As we've got, she obviously ran well as well. But 
Yeah, she's uh, could be the new star on the scene, Sunshine in Paris. So lightly raced, plenty of more upside. Can't wait to see her race for another 12 months at the absolute least and uh, see if she can step up to the mark as a wait-for-age horse in, in the spring. Uh, the two-year-old picture. So Little Bros wins the Blue Diamond down south. What did you make of the performance? Yeah, it was a messy race, wasn't it, Jared? I don't want to take anything away from Ben and J.D. Hayes with Little Bros. He was fantastic winning that Blue Diamond, but so many hard luck stories. We can start off with Don Corleone, who was a runner-up. He just... Couldn't get a fair shot on him for the majority of the straight there at Sandown, so he was desperately unlucky. Steel City was a horse that I sort of favoured in that race. She got in the perfect position just behind the speed, and then the gaps just didn't open up for her, so she was a complete forgive run. And even a horse like Barber, who maybe was a tad disappointing on face value, still didn't get a proper goal, and I didn't think for a majority of the straight. So assessing the form coming out of that race, it's going to be a little bit difficult, but so many horses had hard luck stories. And moving up to Sydney here, Jared, for the two-year-olds, well... I was filthy myself on Mazaga. I've been talking up this horse for a while now, and I dropped off her there on the Sweet Embrace Stakes. I didn't quite think she might be able to match it with a, a horse like Skirt Delore, but she's franked that English Millennium form, running one, two, three, Mazago for Sile and, and Blanc de Blanc coming out of that race. So she's right in the Golden Super picture, I would have thought. And then going to the boys in the skyline, well, how good a good old from going at the moment with these two-year-olds? They're just firing on all cylinders at the moment. Cornisha's booked his spot in the race now. Shinzo... I think Darren Flindell said it in the call, Jared. He took a long while to get wound up in that race. There, he might be looking for sort of the 1,400 metres to a mile, maybe a size produce champagne later in the later in the campaign. But uh, yeah, that gold sort of picture keeps evolving each week, doesn't it? What'd you make of Alligator Blood winning the Futurity? <laughs> yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Uh, I thought this horse, Jared, was absolutely gone about 18 months ago. He just completely lost his form. Had that issue with his kissing spine in the back and. I don't know how Adrian and Gay have done it, but they've got him back to his absolute best there on the weekend winning security. I don't know what happened to one Thunderstruck there on the weekend. I thought he was in the perfect position to stalk and run over the top of Alligator Blood, but he he just didn't show that wicked turn of foot we know he's got. So he was a little bit disappointing on face value, but uh, take nothing away from the gate up. He was, uh, what's that, his fifth group one now, I think, at the moment. Jeez, he's, he's racking up these group ones at a, a pretty decent speed in the last six months, and I'm sure there might be one or two more in him left before the end of his career. The name escapes me, Adam. Uh, oh, Mogo Magic. What, what did you make of that run in the Tab Highway? Yeah, awesome, Loz. Awesome. He is he's such a raw horse. I don't think he knows what he's doing yet. And you can even see then he was over-racing in, uh, up front there in the Highway Handicap there on the weekends. But once Tim Clark went for him, geez, he put him away in a couple of strides. I know we're only talking about a Highway Handicap here, but this horse is far better than Highway Grade. And the big question mark now is, is what does Scott Collings and the ownership group do? Because he's had some serious, serious offers come for this horse, in particular from Hong Kong. And I think we're talking close to seven figures, if not above. So, you know what my theory is on this, boys? If someone offers you that type of money, what do you do? Yeah, I think <laughs> sell, you sell, yeah, sell, sell. You, you should change pretty money quickly. In the bank. Yeah, I know. 100%. Yeah, but for a guy like Scott Collings, Jared, as well, like he, he's probably not going to get a horse like this for a long, long time, if ever again. So they might want to have the fun trying to race him, but money in the bank, it counts for everything to me. I'm silly. <laughs> uh, but I get it. No, for sure. Uh, but should mention Golden 60. Did you see that race in Hong Kong last yeah, night? Yeah, I saw it quickly, Jared. I'd love to see. There was a bit of uh, social media chat last night. I know it's only pub talk, but Animo v Golden 60. You'd love to see them meet somewhere at some stage. I, I doubt what's obviously gonna ever, ever going to happen, but Hong Kong horses are so insular over there. They very rarely travel. And if they do travel, it's either to, probably to the Middle East or Dubai. So mm. it's unlikely we'll see it. They've been, been blessed to see a couple of fantastic miles at the same time, one in Hong Kong and one in Australia, obviously. And Glenn Schofield's retired. Yes, he made the announcement on the weekend, Jared, uh, front of the Channel 7 coverage to say he's, he's finally handed his licence back to racing New South Wales. And what a career that Glenn's had for the best part of, what is it, 30-odd years, I think, at least he's been riding. And 
He's been riding in all different parts of the world. The one horse I'll always associate with Glyn is Boban. He was like the naughty school kid who just no one could control. And Glyn was like the teacher. He finally got the best out of him. And I always remember Glyn's rides on Boban. He just had that great affinity with that horse. So I want to congratulate Glyn on a magnificent career. Let's hope uh, retirement treats him well. He'll be able to find some stuff to, to keep him busy. And uh, yet, yeah, well done to Glyn on, on a great riding career. Thank you, mate. See you, boys. Chat tomorrow.